Outstanding, guys. Wasn't that a great job? Just outstanding. Well, good morning. Um, well, we're going to continue today in a series. Um, before we get started, though, it may help. Excuse me. Much better. I didn't think the CD would want me sniffing all throughout the when I was speaking. So we're going to be continuing a series today that we've titled Habits of a Blessed Christian. This is actually part nine, and I see a few new faces in here uh, this morning. So uh, since this is a continuing series, I would encourage you, uh, the first... Eight are out on CD. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can download them 
off of our website, and so it would be very, very convenient for you to listen to. And I encourage you to do that. But what we've been talking about, we've been studying what kind of habits a Christian can undertake that would strengthen his spirit, that would establish his heart, that would help us to build in faith. Our foundational scriptures, if you'll turn to Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14, and also find Leviticus chapter 20 and verse 26. Proverbs says this, it says, The strong spirit, everyone say strong spirit, of a man sustains him bodily in, in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? So in order to, um, for a man to sustain himself, or mankind, man and woman, they need to possess a strong spirit. And that's exactly what we've been talking about over these last uh, eight or nine sessions. And that is, how do we go about building the strong spirit that we need, that we desire, that God wants us to have? And this is by establishing spiritual habits based upon godly principles. Leviticus 20, 26 says this, and I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, you must be holy because I am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. In other words, when we were born again, we have been set apart. Even the Old Testament, God wanted His people set apart to come out from among them. To transform ourselves into His likeness, into His character. To take upon the fruits of His Spirit. To become more like Him. Holiness comes in our lives when God's ways become our, our ways. Now, what does the Scripture not say? If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, so if we love Him and we keep His commandments, guess what? Our ways start to become His ways because that's, the word, that's what the Word teaches us in order to be transformed into His image. We do that through established habits. And we repeated this quote over and over again. We sow thoughts to establish those habits. Those thoughts generate words we speak. The words we speak generate actions in our life. The actions in our life eventually establish habits, continual things that we automatically do, almost involuntarily. We continue to sow those habits in our lives and we start... We start Reaping God's character, God's life. We start looking more and more like Him. And then as we continue to, to, to take upon His character in our life, we, we start walking in, into our destinies that He has for us, the calling that He has for our life, the purpose. And it's that daily walk that's so important. It's that consistent day by day. It doesn't happen overnight. The crop doesn't happen overnight when you plant the seeds. Neither will God's character. That's why it's so important to plant seed every day. To let it grow every day. To feed it every day. To fertilize it every day. To weed it every day. To water it every day. To get it so established that their spirit becomes strong. Dominant. 
that your physical body has no chance against coming against what your spirit man desires. Because we have a tendency sometimes to let that body dominate. So that when that strong spirit will support us in times of trouble, bodily pain or trouble. Trouble doesn't have to be bodily pain. Financial problems, relationship problems. Sons and daughter problems. All kinds of issues that come into our life. Well, we've already covered five. We finished up another one last week. And just to repeat what the five are. The first habit we talked about was they diligently spend time with the Father daily. Nothing supersedes our time with Him. Nothing. TV shows. Golf. <laughs> I heard some <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Reading books. Nothing. We need to have our time. We build our schedule around God. We don't try to fit God into our schedule. It's got, he's got to be our first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Habit number two we talked about was they consistently give thanks and praise and worship Him regardless of their circumstances. This is an opportunity for a personal, intimate time of sharing with you and the Father. It is bringing His presence more strongly into your life at that time. Giving him thanks for all that he is to you and all that he's done. Dwelling upon the good things and the wonderful things he's done in your life. Habit number three we talked about was they feed their spirit by reading and listening to God's word every day. We know that in Matthew 4 it talks about that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Guys, the word of God is our life. Listen to it. The word of God is our life. Without that word, we are nothing. Without that word, we perish. Habit number four was they strengthen and encourage themselves daily by meditating on God's word. Meditation, we talked about, was, was a renewing of the mind that transformed our core beliefs. We may behave in one way, we may have things in our life that we certainly want to change. And we talked about the fact that in order to change, you know, we, 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 we walk in this comfort zone of things that we like to do. This, we, always, we always operate out of our belief system. So you are right now who you have, what you've thought about and talked about and actually behaved in. That's what you are now based upon your past, what you've thought about, what you've spoken and what you have done. And if there's some things in your life that you don't like about how you talk, how you speak, how you think, if there's some things in your life that are you know are contrary against the Word of God, there's only one way to reset your thermostat. And that's by establishing speaking and thinking and doing in conformance to what God's Word says. Joshua tells us to meditate on the word day and night. And what's the reason for meditation? His purpose is so that we'll be able to do, to obey what is written in it. When we do that, it tells us then and only then 
Can we prosper and be successful in that area of our life? Having number five we spoke of, we just finished last week, was the words they speak are governed by their faith in God's Word. The words they speak are governed by their faith in God's Word. Now, we spent two or three sessions on this one. But God's Word, our lives must be governed by that Word. His Word has a great impact on our life. More than some people really realize. We, t- we, t- we talked about in Luke 6 how out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth is going to speak. Whatever we put in there, that's what's going to come out. If it's good, outstanding. But there's also some bad stuff that's gone in there. And you can always detect it in how people talk, how they speak. The barometer for the words we speak is, number one, do my words agree with what God's word says? And number two, do I really believe the word of God? And we need to be honest with yourself. Or do we agree it in just the, I, I mentally agree with it? Or am I agreeing with it by my actions? Or are my actions really reflecting what my words are? I believe in tithing and giving. Well, are you a tither and giver? I believe in forgiveness for those that offend me. Well, when the time comes, do you really let go and forgive? Or do you sort of mull it around and, and, and talk about it and, and dwell upon it and allow your emotions to get out of control and let it go beyond what it needs to go? Or do we truly release the one that is offended? So today we start habit number six. I've been asked before, well, <laughs> how many, <laughs> since we've gone already nine, nine, this is a ninth session, I believe, about habits, you know, how many habits are there? <laughs> well, initially I couldn't answer the question because I was still sort of working through the habits. And, but I can tell you now decisively there are 12. Okay, so once we reach 12, then that might be another 18 weeks. But <laughs> we're going to get through them. <laughs> anyway, all right. Number six, they demonstrate their faith by acting upon God's words. Now, up till now, uh, you know, there's actually you know, the habits that I've been teaching on, there's really a rhyme to why I'm placing them like I am. Not necessarily in, in a particular order, but the things, the habits we're talking about, if you, if you go back and just reflect upon them, you'll notice they do three things. They all concentrate on the things that govern our life. They concentrate on the things we think about, the things we speak about, and our behavior, the things that we do as individuals, every one of them. Uh, just think back, they diligently spend time with him daily. Well, what area does that cover? Really, it's all, right? Think, say, and do. If I spend time with God in his word, I'm in prayer. I'm talking to him. I'm speaking what God's word says. I'm sharing my life with him. I'm telling him the things that are happening in my life that I don't like. I'm giving him thanks for the things that are good. And if I'm smart... I'm going to listen to what he has said because it's a two-way communication. 
And guess what? When I'm talking to him in prayer, I'm also thinking about what the word because I'm regurgitating the word to him. I'm taking his word and I'm saying, God, you said this and you said this and that's me. But I'm not walking in it yet. And this is what I want. So we're thinking about the word. We're focusing attention on what the word says. We are speaking it to him. And then are we doing it? Yeah, if we're spending time with him, we're actually doing the word. Because it says for us to spend time with him. It wants us to be involved in a relationship with him. The more close and intimate the relationship with our Father that we have, the more blessings are able to flow into our life even quicker. You know, sometimes we say, well, you know, I know you want those things prayed about and over a period of time. And yeah, it does take time. It takes time for that seed to grow in your life. But guess what? The closer you get, the faith becomes so strong and established that it just sort of just sort of hit a grease runway. It just starts flying at you faster than you anticipate because you have planted the seed and you've watered it and, you, and, and, and you've made it such a part of your belief system because then it becomes automatic. It flows into your life. Number two is they consistently give thanks and praise and worship regardless of the circumstances. It's all of them. We're speaking again. We're giving thanks and praise. We're thinking about His Word and, and praise and adoration and honoring Him. And it says, let us continually give thanks and praise by the sacrifice of our time and, and the energy to, to do that. It says to enter His gates with thanks, into His courts with praise. It should be one of the first things we do each and every day. Number three, they feed their spirit by reading and listening to God's Word every day. What's that doing? It's what we're doing is thinking and we're dwelling upon that word when we do that. We're focusing on what that word says and we're allowing it to be to transform us through the, our mind. Romans tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So when we do that, okay, again, we're reinforcing, thinking, speaking, and doing. Number four, they strengthen and encourage themselves by meditating. Thinking, speaking, and doing is doing all three. And then the last minute, the words that are governed by their uh, faith in God's Word. We're speaking out the Word. We're speaking it. So all these things are reinforced, are reinforcing the things that we must have in order for God's Word to, to dominate our lives, for God's Word to, to manifest in our life. Because it's walking in faith. You know, you could be walking in faith, you could be speaking the right things, you could be thinking the right things, and you could be doing the right things, but, but the enemy is going to bombard you with thoughts. But guys, with the belief system operating in those three areas, even though doubt, even though things start in your minds, you're still walking in faith. And you don't stop. Just because you don't see your circumstances change yet, you don't stop. You don't, you don't grow weary in well-doing. Because he's, the Word says, we will reap if we faint not. So we just got to keep on doing. Just consistent. Our lives have to be consistent. It has to be dedicated. It's a never give up. God said it. It's all, it's all a matter. It's, he said it, so it, it. It's for me. This is who I am because the Word says this is who I am. And it's got to be that it's got to be that righteous commitment to His Word 
because his word cannot fail. Go with me over to James chapter 1. Getting into um, habit number 6, they demonstrate their faith by acting upon God's word. This will be a very familiar scripture to, to most of you, if not all of you. It says this, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, listen, if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one would be blessed in what he does. Now, here in James is telling us that if we, you know, we can hear the word, a lot of us hear the word, and I would probably be, a fair, be fair to bet that all of us have heard some portion of the word and maybe are not walk, walking in some portions of what the word says. Yet. What happens is we look in the Word and we see. When you look at that Word, when you're, look, when you're reading what that Word says, it's talking about you. This is who you are. So if we just listen to it or read it and not take subsequent action to it, we walk away and we forget what the Word says we are. And guess what? Nothing changes. We don't become transformed into that image of God because we've chosen to only listen to it and not take a productive, effective action in order to make that happen in our life. See, the Word doesn't say because you read the Word, it's just going to automatically be plugged into your mind and into your spirit. Hebrews tells us we need to labor to enter his rest. Timothy tells us we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We don't labor and we don't study to earn anything from God because we can't earn anything from God. But what we do do is labor and to enter his rest, and we study to do these things. Why? Because so we can establish his character. And as soon as we establish his character, the eternal things that we so desire to walk in, they pass through this and into the physical realm where we can be blessed by it, where we can live according to what he says we are. It is not for heaven when we get there. It is not somewhere out here in the future. It's for us now. So the measure that we put into laboring and studying what that word says of who we are, not listening as a just a hearer, but an effective doer, guess what happens? We get transformed into that image. And it becomes a part of us. And all of a sudden we're applying it to our life. On the back of the sanctuary, it's not there now, but... On the platform of front, it says, experiencing God in everyday life. That's what this church is all about. Applying it to our lives. How do you practically take the Word of God and you apply it to your life? And what these habits do is they allow you to do that. And instead of 
off in the distant future and things I've desired over a long period of time and it just never seems to get there. All of a sudden you find these habits are, are making that change and all of a sudden they become closer and closer and closer until they belong to you. All the promises of God are in Him, yes. And amen to the glory of God the Father. He gave it to us. Everything that He possesses, all of His attributes, all of His riches, all of His wisdom, all of His direction, everything from the very beginning when things were perfect belonged to us now. And yet we struggle and struggle and struggle and we, and we try in our own power to make all of these things manifest in our life. And then finally we figure it out that we can't make anything. We, can, we can't do squat. It's His grace and His grace only. His ability, His provision, His power that allows these things to enter into our life and to manifest. There's a God side and there's a man side. God's already done His part. So our part is to establish the fruit of the Spirit in our life where we're walking in it. We're thinking it. We're speaking it. We're doing it. We're making a part of our DNA, a part of our belief system to where it automatically flows out. Every one of you in here, if you've been a Christian for any length of time at all, and you've been in conversation with other people, or if you watch people from a distance, you've, you watch them speak or what they do, how they behave, and you, you, you can compare that to what God says. It's sort of automatic. I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's, if you just really, truly listen to what they're saying, you can tell where they're at. In some areas of our life. A tree is known by its fruits. People look at you. Me. They see what we do. The things we say. How we react to things. They can read you and know what kind of a tree you are by the fruit that you're bearing. You can either have an influence on them based upon your fruit or you can have a negative impact in their life. The Word tells us that we need to be a light. We need to be the salt. The only way to do that is to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Everyone else has got the fruit in their life right now. But then we have to grow it. We have to take his word and let that fruit grow more and more and more to where our tree is very recognizable. And at that point in time, we can start sharing that fruit with other people so they can benefit. Many of us, when we look in the word, if we don't continue in it, you know, there's a natural tendency for us to strike out in our own, you know, we sort of do our own thing. And uh, 
You cannot change the way you are by fixing the old you. It's impossible. The only way for us to change is to be transformed by what that word says into what you already are. Did you get that? You can't fix the old you, the old man. I determined to do this. By an act of my will, I'm going to change this in my life. It's not going to happen. You might do it consciously for a while, but you always fall back to your original belief. But, when you become transformed by the renewing of your mind into what that word says about you, of who you really are, guess what? The change takes place. You'll be transformed into what you already are. God always already sees us that way and what he speaks of us in the word. So that transformation has to take place by an act of our will. He won't overpower your will. He'll allow you to do whatever you want to do. I choose life. Go with me to James chapter 2. James chapter chapter 2, starting with verse 14. It says this. It says, What does a prophet, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, things he speaks, thinks, and does, but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does a prophet? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone I will say, you have faith that I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But you do not know, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You know, Abraham offered his son Isaac on the altar. Do you realize by that action, by him being obedient, because God told him to sacrifice Isaac. Yet God also told him that it would be through Isaac that there would be hundreds of thousands of people and princes come out. And that's how it would be through him. So Abraham, there was no law then. The Mosaic law didn't come until four or five hundred years later. By being obedient to that word, he offered his son, obviously was stopped before he did. But because of that action, because of that obedience, it allowed God our Father to bring his son Jesus in to offer him as a sacrifice for us. Without that obedience, Jesus couldn't have come. Because, see, he entered into a blood covenant with Abraham. All that is God belonged to him. All that Abraham belonged to God. And they entered into a blood covenant. The blood covenant started in Adam and Eve when he killed animals to cover them, their nakedness. It continued with Abraham when Abraham offered up sacrifices, bulls and goats, to him when circumcision was introduced. Because there, even to this day in many nations there is a blood ritual. 
as perverted as some of them are, where there's a mingling of blood. One strikes blood flow. Okay, actually, uh, it, it means, uh, a covenant means to cut where blood flows. That's what it means. And so that blood would drip from one person and he's, who and to, to the other person who they were entering covenant with. They would either mix or they would allow the blood to go into some wine or some drink. They would mix it and then they would all partake of it. And they would become blood brothers, if you would. Do you realize that Jesus was God? He was 100% God? Although he walked on this earth as a man, because he was 100% man, he walked by God's grace just like we do. Jesus says, I only do what my Father tells me to do. I only speak what my Father says to speak. And so, because Jesus was 100% man, because he had human blood flowing through his veins, and because he was born of a virgin and, he didn't, and there was no sin and purity in his life, and he was 100% God flowing through his veins. So, when he was sacrificed and his blood was shed, that's why he was perfect, because man had to be sinless. He had to be able to fulfill the total of God's law. And when Jesus hung on the cross and he said it is finished, what he meant was he had fulfilled the law. He was sinless. He followed the law to the letter. And so he was the perfect sacrifice. And that's why when we join ourselves with him in baptism, baptized into Christ, when we become one with him and we become a new creation, we become dead. And our lives are hid in Christ. And because he lives, we do also. And because he was righteous before God, we're righteous before God. And because he walked in the benefits of God, we walk in the benefits of God, the blessings of God. They belong to us. It's our inheritance. Did we deserve them? No. But Jesus did. And I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in this, this flesh, this, this blood and flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave His life for me. I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm to live by faith. That means I don't pay attention to my circumstances. I don't pay attention to the pain that's coming into my life. I don't pay attention to the troubles and the issues that come against us that try to distract us from what the Word says. Mark says that they, when the word is sown in our life, immediately the enemy comes in to steal the word from us. And so the circumstances are all designed in our life to steal the word from us. We can't let it be stolen. We have to take the word no matter what it looks like. And our response has to be in accordance with what the word says. Because when we respond in a negative way, say, so, oh my God, why is this happening to us? I, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I haven't got this money. I haven't got to pay my bill. I can't do this. I can't. And when you do that, we're saying, okay, enemy, I agree with you. We're, we have lack. We have want. We have need. And we enter in a, into an agreement with him. Where two or more agree as touching anything, it shall be done for them which is in heaven. But when the pain and the agony and the, and the sickness and disease attack our bodies... If our response is, 
okay, yeah, I feel the pain. Yeah, the doctor says I've got, a, I've got something bad here that might take my life. But God says, but God says, God says that He took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. By His stripes I am healed. We can't get diverted by the fears, worries, and anxieties trying to come in and attack our life. They're deadly. We can't dwell upon them. We can't, we can't talk about our issues. We talk to our issues. If you'll say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say shall come to pass. You shall have what you say. You have what you say because Jesus says, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt you. The manifestation of God's Word in our life is dependent upon us. The more God's Word we have in us, the least likely we are going to be to respond to the enemy's persuasive circumstances and things come into our life. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, safe and healthy mind. First Peter says, casting all of our care upon him because he cares for us. And when you get a bad report of any kind, whether it's sickness, disease, or anything else in your life, and the fear and the worry enter in, your first responsibility is to get rid of it. If you interpret the word casting, it's violently throw it away. Violently. So if it comes into your life 14 times a day, guess what you do 14 times a day? Because the enemy will persistently hit you again and again and again. And until that word strengthens that spirit to the point where when the enemy attacks, it's like you brush it off your sleeve. You become so strong. It's like Abraham. He believed God. What's the word say? It was counted to him for righteousness. Even though he didn't possess it yet, he believed God. He obeyed God in every way. And the end result? Blessings. Comfort. Peace. Love. Joy. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Temperance. Meekness. Faith. Flow in his life. Fruits were manifested. And that's why we're here today. Verse 22. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Abraham lived in accordance with God's word and it accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. 
Likewise, was not Rehab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them one another way? When we walk by faith, or our manner of life is by faith. In other words, it's a, man, it's, a, it's a way of life for us to walk by what the Word says. Our actions will always demonstrate our faith. When we live in accordance with the Word, when we become a real believer by doing that, our actions will demonstrate our faith. When God's ways become our ways, everything we do will demonstrate our faith. You know, I'm about ready to go into another section, which is going to take some time. We're going to go into a lot of scripture, into a lot of detail, and we're real close to our time mark. So, I think we're going to wrap it there for today, uh, because I, once I get started on this, I don't want it to stop. And uh, uh, so, we're going to end it today. Just bow your heads with me. Let's just give him thanks and praise for a while and worship him. Father, we love you. We worship you. We give you thanks and praise. Father, we honor you and who you are. Father, you're so good. Your mercy endures forever. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. Father, empower us, Father, to walk as you walk, to think the way you think, to speak the way you speak, to do the things the way you do. Show us how to transform our lives into who you are by establishing these thoughts, these words, these actions, these habits, your character, so that we can walk in the destiny you've called us to. Father, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you.
keep on doing. Keep on thinking. Keep on speaking. Jesus.